Hi, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development, and we are currently live in the breakout room. So, welcome and welcome, and we love being here for you with quality and value to inspire and to transform. Remember, we are on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and iTunes. Today, as usual, we have a special guest to share with you for your development and growth and to live your better informed life. So, grab a cup, pull up a seat, and stay tuned for the introduction right here now, live in the Breakout Room. It's the place for health, happiness, and prosperity. Stay tuned.
Are you there? I am. Hi. Yeah, we totally got locked out with the internet presentation there. So sorry about that. So we are back. Wow. Let's hope it behaves itself. <laughs> so, our fingers. Right. I'm just going to do a quick introduction to you here. And we'll get back live on the show shortly. Here we go. Our next guest in the breakout room is the author of the multimedia book. It is entitled, It Depends on Who's Looking. She's a practicing shaman for over 35 years. After Shannon and her fiance were married by Chief Elder Shaman Joe Crochu. Her name is Shannon Lynn Howard. This is our guest. Recently, she published a novel entitled Currency. And together with her partner, Marv, Shannon founded the Kinopi School of Shamanism. This is Chief Elder Shaman Joe Crochu. So, let's welcome this shamanistic guest live in the breakout room, Shannon Lynn Howard. Okay, so we are live in the breakout room and this is the episode that we are going to find out a whole lot about shamanism from this very experience and dedicated guest. Uh, her name is Shannon Lynn Howard. How are you this afternoon, Shannon? I'm doing really well, Andy. Thanks okay, for asking. Thanks for having us. Uh, have you on the show as our special guest. Uh, we would like you to share with us uh, the many early years of your life before you even got involved in um, shamanism and how was it like for you growing up as a young lady? Could you share that with us a bit, please? Absolutely. My life was um, very typical to many um, Albertans, Canadians. I was born and raised on a farm Mm -hmm. And um, uh, come from a very, you know, um, modest family with very conservative values. Uh, yeah. I think probably what set up part of my future experiences were the, was the fact that I was raised in a home that was um, uh, multi-denominational, we'll say. My, my parents were from very different religious backgrounds in their youths. And they were really wise enough to uh, let us kids, you know, experience all of that spiritual investigation on our own and make choices for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that likely set me up to do all the religious and spiritual um, research and diving into that I did in later years. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing. But what eventually um, brought you to the place where you decided to go in the direction that you eventually ended up going? What was the influence uh, for making that decision? I And I guess it, it depends on which decision we're talking about. But if you mean shamanism in particular, yeah. Yeah. then 
then that was almost, you know, one of those things that was on my life path that some people might, you know, perceive as coincidental. I, I, I perceive it as synchronistic. I think it was there for me to stumble over. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll say. Uh, and that's when my, my, my fiance at the time, and I wanted to get married and we wanted something very spiritual, but oh. something not with a, um, a religious background to like no church. My, my hubby said no church. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that posed a problem. You know, there's, it's hard to find something spiritual outside of the confines of a church, even in the Eastern religions. Right. Oh. So, so what eventually ended up happening was we were driving by what we know here in Alberta as the world heritage site head smashed in. Mm -hmm. And it is um, native American. Right. And my fiance had strong ties to that community. He was raised right next door and he went to school with the kids and, and he knew a lot of the families and he happened to also know the spiritual elder. Okay. And so he proposed to me, what would you think about a traditional Blackfoot wedding? Well, I was all over that. I, gee, <laughs> I mean, how much more spiritual can you get? So uh -huh. we approached the elders and asked if they would marry us. And they didn't just, you know, jump in with both feet and say, sure. Uh, they vetted us very thoroughly to make sure that we didn't have any ulterior motives. Mm -hmm. And um, then they, they laid out some conditions. Um, if we really wanted this and if we were sincere in the desire to, you know, learn about what that meant to be married there, then we needed to commit that we would um, learn their their, their culture, their, uh -huh. their ceremonies, their rituals, their way of life. Mm -hmm. And so, and so, you know, uh, at the time that sounded fun and exciting and not that it wasn't, it just also came with a great deal of responsibility that at the okay. time, maybe we didn't perceive, you know, right. 100%, but we said, Oh, we're in, we're all in. So yeah, that's how I eventually began the roadway down to shamanism. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing. Sounds very interesting. And what inspired you to begin writing, especially the first novel? It was entitled, uh, It Depends on Who's Looking. What was the idea behind that? Well, It Depends on Who's Looking is a nonfiction book, and right. it is entirely about archetypes. Okay. And in the, in the Native American, what we labeled many years later, as animistic shamanism and in another branch of shamanism that we eventually came to study and learn the south american shamanism that we very loosely labeled energetic shamanism mm -hmm. and then finally in the last branch that that we also began learning and teaching what we call the destinistic shamanism the one thing that all of them have in common that all shamanic practices around the world have in common are archetypes okay. and it's it's these archetypes this energy behind all the concepts that we learn that i found uh, fascinating and that that's what it depends on who's looking is about it's about archetypes okay great and how do you explain these archetypes to someone who uh, is probably a novice in terms of not having that information available to them 
but right. they, they want to have an understanding at least to know what it's all about um you know what is the history behind it and what are the benefits one can gain if getting involved how would you describe it to them oh what a great question um <laughs> The people who perceive that they don't know archetypes, uh -huh. actually they do. We okay. all know them mm -hmm. intimately. We know them. They've been with us our entire lives. Okay. And, and a real simple example of that is, you know how um, you perceive the feminine in the world, right? Versus the masculine in the world. Well, each of those are archetypes. Okay. And I think that innately we all know that there are aspects of each and every one of us that are both masculine and feminine mm -hmm. and that's exactly accurate because we do have all of the archetypes innately influencing us all the time including the masculine and feminine mm -hmm. so what would be the advantages to get to know them um i perceive that each of us have a very personal relationship with each one of the archetypes. Okay. Should, should we get to know them better and, and know what that relationship looks like and the dynamics of it, then we can look at our lives and mm -hmm. perceive what needs, what we'd really like to see changed a little. We can identify the archetype that we're in or out of relationship with and work with that archetype to change that relationship so that we might incorporate into our lives those changes that we perceive would make life, well, a little easier, a little more manageable. Right. And that would be the advantages of getting to know your relationship with each and every one of the archetypes. Right. Good. Thanks for sharing. Uh, as we on books, I'd like to go straight into currency because it is a speculative fiction novel, and so it may be a bit different than the first one that you wrote. So what is the, the, the inspiration behind Currency? Uh, the inspiration itself is uh, rooted in shamanism. Mm -hmm. In the book itself, there's, there's no mention of shamanism. It's, it's a story. Right. It's a thought-provoking story about seven people. Um, and there's no mention of archetypes or any of the shamanic principles or values. Okay. But, but the inspiration to write currency was definitely shamanic based. Mm -hmm. um, in, in shamanism, we, we know that all of us on this planet, we, we live with a foot in both worlds. We, that, we, that there is part of us that we, resides with with the divine where some people call it our higher selves or or some people call it intuition or doesn't matter those are just labels but that part of us also deep down inside is aware that everything whether we really want to perceive it that way or not but is aware that everything is perfect okay that, that we set up certain paths and experiences and circumstances and situations in this lifetime so that we might experience them right. and if we look at life from through that lens then we see the perfection of it right however on the other foot we're all human mm -hmm. and that we all experience all of those perceptions as being we judge them there we, we see them as good or bad or right or wrong or challenging or or whatever label we want to put on them um, and that that's perfect, that we're living with that foot, that right foot in this world. 
knowing that our left foot really does at some level know that even though we hate it or love it or whatever, it still was perfect. Mm. I, I perceive that when you live with a fit in both worlds and you become aware of that, that it puts a doubly important obligation, responsibility on the right foot to make life better, to be in a better right relationship. It's called the Aini in shamanism, but that right relationship means that we are in a, in a, a, a reciprocal give and take relationship with ourselves, with our, our neighbors, our friends, our community, the world at large. And being that that's true, we also have a responsibility to help those who are suffering on the right foot, knowing still in the background it might be perfect, but their perception of it is anything but perfect. This mm-hmm. world has a lot of a, a lot of problems, challenges yeah. right now, but that could be addressed. Okay. Um, yeah, and that would be why currency was written to address some of those challenges. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing, Shannon. Um, if you could, and maybe you you had at some point in time, um, how would you describe uh, shamanism? Would you describe it as a religion? or a, a philosophy in, in terms of a way of life that people can choose alternatively to religion? How would you truly describe it based on your experience and your knowledge of it? I, I do love that question. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the world does think that shamanism uh-huh. is a religion, and uh-huh. it's not. It's not. And, and it doesn't need to be exclusive of religion either. You can be any religion and still be a shaman. Oh, okay. That's interesting. For sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, You would have to, in some religions that are maybe a little more fundamental than others, um, uh, you may have to be broad-minded and be able to get over some of the semantics because really that's the only thing that separates all the religions is a bunch of semantics. Mm. So if you're willing to set that aside, then you can be any religion and still be a shaman, practicing shaman. Okay. It's it's not just a um, philosophy. It's not just a practice. It's much bigger than that. I think your your choice of words was perfect. It is a way of life. Okay, okay, great. Thanks for sharing, Shannon. And how popular would you say is shamanism across the modern world in terms of the number of people that have been involved? and uh, are practicing that as a, as, a, as a way of life, as we've just described it? I really don't know. I am, I, I, I've never looked at the numbers. I've no. never done a comparative study compared to, you know, no, I'm sorry, I don't know. I don't okay. know how popular it is. I know that our, our school is increasingly busy. Uh, I think that has less to do with shamanism and more to do with the, the, the amount of suffering in this world and people trying to find a way to cope. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, if you were to tell someone about shamanism in terms of the benefits as a way of life, how would you describe it to them in terms of what they can gain as an individual for themselves and maybe also for their family and loved ones? How would you describe it to them? Oh my! I've never been asked that question. That's, that's <laughs> oh, the first time, Shannon. 
You're going to make me stretch. Okay. Benefits. Uh, I think that, that the biggest benefit that you have if you practice shamanism and incorporate it into your daily life is mm -hmm. that it removes a great deal of the stress mm -hmm. and um, it, it, it helps you live a, a more balanced life. Yeah. Uh, it does this in a number of ways, but, but for example, one of the simple ways is before shamanism, I think all of us used to, you know, uh, routinely play the victim role, you know, it was just kind of part of yeah. life is that yeah. we fall into this trap called victim. And we can sit there for a long time sometimes, and it can be very uncomfortable. We, we don't right. seem to want to get off the dead center of victim. Mm -hmm. In shamanism, you have tools at hand that help you move out of victim in minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be one of the things. You don't get to sit and suffer in victim very long. Right. Um, right. Yeah. An another one of the things is that your perception of the world shifts because uh, you recognize that in that that the human side of us has a, a really quick tendency to be very judgmental. Mm -hmm. We judge everything. It's either good or it's bad or it's right or it's wrong or it's the way to act or the way not to act. And all of that is removed in mm -hmm. shamanism because we step back and we look at it through the lens of, okay, we understand this is consensual reality, that this may be how society may or may not judge something but does that work for us okay right and then you accept it or dismiss it on that basis alone whether or not it works for you personally okay okay so. yeah great very interesting thanks for responding in that manner we really appreciate it shannon we are about halfway already in our episode with shannon and we are going to go for a quick commercial break don't go anywhere folks we'll be right back with Shannon Lynn Howard, live in the breakout room. Stay tuned. FindRadioGuest.com The place to click to find guests to interview for free. And if you're a radio show booker, podcaster, talk show host, or television producer, then this is the place to get podcasts and radio interviews or promote your books and products as a guest expert sponsor. FindRadioGuest.com Check it out. Hi people, this is a special invitation for you to join our community. Yes, we're inviting you to join our community for 2022. What's in store? Well, what we want is your feedback on our content and our guests, but more so on what you need to be inspired and transformed from your current condition to one of happiness, health, and prosperity. So drop us a line and reach out. Help us to better help you achieve your goals. So, people, inbox me at www.facebook.com slash mddreamer slash that's www.facebook.com slash mddreamer slash or send me an email at lovebitsa at gmail.com. That's lovebitsa at gmail.com. We love hearing from you as we build our partnership in growth and development. And we look forward to your communicating. Help us to help you to live a better life in 
personal growth and development from Andy's personal development. We love you. We look forward to hearing from you. See you soon. Bye for now. And we are live back in the breakout room with Shannon Lynn Howard, our special guest on this program. So, Shannon, as we continue our conversation, um, it's intriguing that you, you, you had this wonderful experience and it has been the thing that has shaped and formed your life for quite a long time. Um, how did you become so interested and so involved that you and Marv actually started a school together? How did that come about? Uh, we would have to, we spent first uh, 15 years with the old people, Joe yeah. and in Croshu, and that, that was fundamental in the school. Okay. One of the things that they um, had us promise to do before they married us is something called Bridge the Gap. Mm -hmm. and, and from their perspective, that meant to take the Native American uh, belief system out into the world beyond mm -hmm. confines of the reserve and in particular out into the Western world. Okay. So that was the, that was the basis of the Kanapi School of Shamanism. All right, great, wonderful. When you, when you, and I wanna take you back a little bit now concerning when you decided to make that decision to go forward in shamanism, what kind of resistance or response or reaction did you get from persons who you were familiar with, who probably never thought that you were going to go in that direction. How was it like, you know, dealing with that and, and making the decisions and moving on with Marv? Uh, there have been ups and downs. There's, there's mm -hmm. no question. Both yeah. from the Native American community mm -hmm. and from the West, our, our Western world, our, you know, our immediate family and friends. And, you know, a lot of them were on both sides opposed they mm -hmm. they did not think this was a good idea uh -huh. uh, a lot of my close friends i'm sure at the time that was like more than 35 years ago now but at right. the time i'm thought they thought i think she's lost her mind oh my goodness wow <laughs> what happened to my friend mm -hmm. um and on the on the native american side i you know that the old people Although they were so, like they were so amazing, these people they were they were insightful and they they were informed from the future. I'm sure they they each they were very uh, noteworthy people. They both held the old Order of Canada, which is the highest um, civilian honor that you can get in this country. That's how well thought of they were. Mm -hmm. uh, they they knew that this needed to happen. That the the religion, the religionists, that's a poor choice of word, that the faith and the understanding needed to go out into the world. Um, but not everyone agreed with them. Right. Okay, great. Um, how do you find the younger generation responding uh, to shamanism as a way of life? Uh, are they choosing that as an option or is it more um, elderly persons or maybe middle-aged and upper that have been involved in shamanism. What would you say is, is the strongest attraction in terms of the, the age group that is attracted to shamanism at this time? In our, in our classes, in our workshops, we have 
we have we have kids we've got some you know i think our youngest one was five right and yeah uh, a lot of teenagers a lot of 20 somethings a lot mm -hmm. of 30 somethings yeah no that the age group goes from five to 82 i think that was 82 was our and, and there, every class is very uh yeah represented by every population group and i think maybe the ones that might embrace it more would be the 20 somethings that are trying to find their way in life in this economic nightmare yes. that we're living in and yep. trying to just cope with the world. Mm. Wow. Yeah, very interesting. Interesting indeed. So many challenges, global challenges we are facing at this time. Um, in terms of the future, Shannon, what are your plans, you and Marv? What plans do you have going forward to continue to promote this way of life and to help people address some of the stress, as you put it, some of the challenges that we are dealing with now, especially from an economic point of view in the world today? What is the future plans for maybe the school and the development that you're looking to make in terms of shamanism? Uh, at this point now, our goal, our, our, our future, we're trying to look ahead a few years. We're, we're getting up there um, yeah. and we're not going to you know, be able to carry on Kamapi forever. Right. And even as of the first weekend of September this year, we're taking some of our, of our workshops and we're going to teach people to teach them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So to take them out with clients so that, that it grows beyond us and it survives even when we're not around anymore. So mm -hmm. that's kind of our focus. We're also going to take currency on the road. I'm looking forward to that, you know, just popping into bookstores or, or book club groups or whatever, coffee houses and, and doing a signing and promoting currency. Okay, good. Great. Thanks for sharing with us, Shannon. Uh, in terms of the impact that you have made and, and I am supposing that you you found yourselves in different communities and different areas and so on. Uh, there are some challenges, but I want to look back a little bit at, let's say, probably late 2019 when we started to deal with COVID. And we had, you know, a, a run for about two years until things started to get back to maybe not totally normal, but some semblance of normalcy. And how did you guys cope and deal with COVID at the height when the virus was, was dropping people like flies all over the place? What kind of challenges did it uh, pose for you guys? I would say because suddenly, you know, like everyone, workshops were out of the question. They were just too dangerous. Yeah. And yeah. so a lot, of our, a lot of our work had to go on pause. Mm -hmm. But what didn't go on pause was one-on-one -on -one sessions. Okay. Uh, we became very busy with one-on-one -on -one sessions at long distance. You know, yeah. uh, in shamanism, mm -hmm. space and time mean nothing. So you can work with someone on the other side of the world very effectively. Right. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing. Um, what is some of the advice that you would give to some of the people that are struggling right now and are looking for some sort of avenue for relief or relief? to understand what they are going through and to have coping mechanisms in terms of the economy, uh, trying to recover from um, the COVID. We even had that situation in, in Ukraine um, where a lot of people are going through unprecedented um, displacement from their homes and, and so on. But, you know, generally speaking, the world seems to be going through a phase of struggle and challenges. What 
advice would you give to people to sort of cope and to handle some of these struggles and challenges that we are facing? I, th I think my biggest advice is be um, grab a copy of Currency and take ah. a read. There's like optimism that. there. Like it's that. like, don't, yeah, I am, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic about the future, about mm -hmm. our, our financial future, mm -hmm. uh, about political future, about the chances in this world. And it would not be that difficult to implement. We would need to make one fundamental change, all of us, and we'd have to examine what is really important to us and shift our value systems. But okay. beyond that, we can change anything. Mm -hmm. And it would not have to be, you know, a political overthrow or a change of government or a coup or anything. We do it very peacefully. We could do it, uh, implement it very slowly, make it a, you know, a progression that all of us can live with, deal with. And it would, it could, we could change the world, everything in it. Wow. I, I love that. I'm impressed by that very positive and inspiring outlook. Um, do you see another novel, another book, another presentation of a literary form coming in the future? I I don't know. Um, no, I don't know. I, my heart is in currency. I see the potential of it. I see how it could help so many lives, right. uh, just in the literal, but but even our emotional lives and 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 faith and courage and and optimism. Mm -hmm. So for now, my focus is on getting currency out there so that people can feel the relief of just a tiny bright light at the end of the tunnel right. there and head for that. Okay. Wow. Wonderful. Great. Uh, as you continue to do your work and as you say, your heart is in currency, you're looking forward to going on the road and stuff. Um, are you guys involved in any community work with any NGOs? Uh, organizations that are also concerned about enlightening people, uh, inspiring people, and seeking to help transformation wherever they could. Um, as partners, you know, you you with the, the, the shamanistic approach and they with some other approach, are there partners that you work with in the community to help people and to, you know, point them to a better, more positive, inspiring direction? Uh, well, at this moment in time, I could see us partnering. For sure, there are a lot of fabulous foundations out there. Um, right now, we just, we're just kind of busy, overwhelmed with just just like everyone's swimming upstream, trying to keep you know on top of our one-on-one -on -one client work, which is, continues to grow because of what's going on in the world. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing. So... Uh, as you continue and as you look forward to the future, you said that you're very optimistic. And um, so in terms of the challenges that you have faced over the years, what are some of the life lessons that you and Marv have learned that you could share with other couples who may be looking to go in a similar direction and need some level of guidance, maybe some advice on to how they can, you know, frame their mindsets and their attitudes and so on and continue to make that choice that they're most happy or comfortable with? There would be a lot of things that have come our way that we've managed to incorporate that have made life easier for us that I'd love to share with people where to begin. I think um, being a lot of people are, are at this moment feeling 
by what's happening around them in the world. Yeah. And, and you can't blame them when you, when you see the economic and political and social unrest that is happening everywhere. It's, it would be hard not to live in fear. Right. However, if we look inside and we all recognize our own inner strength and resolve and what we can achieve and what we can get beyond and incorporate to make our own lives better, if we focus on self mm -hmm. and doing what we can in our own little world and yeah. make that better for ourselves and therefore better for our family and therefore better for our communities and therefore better for the world, it's yeah. like it starts inside. And if our focus shifts to making that a better place, it will resound everywhere. And right. so that would be my, my, my number one piece of advice is, is to look inside and find your own strength and then take that from there and grow it. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing. That sounds really good, Shannon, really good. Uh, in terms of a mentor individual in your life, I know that you have mentioned several, but if you were to choose one person that stood out in terms of a mentoring role that they would have played in your life, that calm, soothing voice that you would turn to, that you would run to, uh, when you have things in your head that you need to sort out, who would that person be if there's any? That would be the old lady. That would ah. be Josephine Crochu. Okay. And she is exactly as you described her, that, right, that, right. that, that very calm, that confident, mm -hmm. that self-assured, you can do this, you're fine kind of reassurance. <laughs> It would be the old lady. Wow. So what are some of the things that she would have told you that would have inspired you, that, that kept you going? Don't take yourself so seriously. Uh -huh. <laughs> would be one of the things that she would yeah. have said um, mm -hmm. to me in the past. Uh, also, she encouraged to live out loud, right. to be all that we could be, to be as authentic as we could be, but don't try to hold it in or be be less than you are, that be all that you can be. So live out loud would be one. Um, be sure to laugh at yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Be sure to maintain your humanity. That right. we are we are all exactly equal. Equal. No one, no one is greater than another or lesser than another in any way. It's that's all a matter of perception. We are equal. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, so many things she she shared with me and and had me aspire to. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing. Wonderful. So on that note, we will come to the end of our interview, our conversation. Very enlightening, very inspiring, and refreshing conversation with Shannon. But now we want to give her a minute or two to share with you or share with us rather what she's doing with Currency and maybe even the other book as she goes on a tour as she's looking to promote and so on. And some other information, if anyone is interested in shamanism, how they can get involved with the school and stuff like that. So Shannon, it's up to you. Go ahead, tell them how they can make contact with you, get the books, uh, the book tours coming up, that kind of thing. You got it, sure. Um, currency, let, let me chat just a minute about Currency itself. It is, it's the thought-provoking story about seven people in small town Ohio who are faced with a change, a huge change that upends their lives. It's where very anonymously they receive a, a social media message and they find out 
that this message went to everyone, not only in their own little town, but the community and in the city and in the state, etc. And this message ends up in the form of a book. And this book proposes that there is a change in life that they make. And that change is to eliminate money, eliminate power, and eliminate position or hierarchy, depending on how you want to look at it. And if you eliminate those three things, those three fundamental things, and you shift your focus away from money, power, and position onto the value of your own time on this planet, and that time that you gave freely of yourself would then support everyone else, and that then you would have all of your basic needs met, and then your extra time would buy all the goodies in life so that there was no one with anything that they they needed, that all of the basic needs are met so that we could then focus on, on, on our balance in our life so that we had leisure, so that we had pleasure, so that we had community. And yeah, that's what the book is about, how that happens, how it upends their life, how some people are uh, in favor of it, other people are very opposed, and then that unrest that all of that creates. Um, the book is definitely thought-provoking. It will I would suggest it's going to push some of your buttons. I wrote it to push buttons. I even very purposely pushed one of my own buttons in the book um, because we all have them. And yeah, the book can be found at, you know, the usual places, um, amazon.com, amazon.ca, and in your local bookstore, your library, your Barnes Noble or, or, or chapters or wherever you live. Um, yes, and if you want to go online and see the website that's dedicated to the book, it's called currencythebook.com. And if you wanted to learn more about the archetypes that inspired each others in the book, although the book doesn't talk about that, you would go to it depends on who's looking.com. That's it depends on who's looking.com. And if you wanted to find out about the school of shamanism that my hobby and I founded and still, you know, keep, keep going, keep the lights on. It is kimapi.com. K-I-M-M. That's Mary Mary. A-P-I-I. Kimapi.com. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing, Shannon. We appreciate your time and your company as we enjoy uh, very much the the interview and your life and your dreams, your ambitions, your goals, the advice that you would have given in terms of how people can cope with the challenges that we now face in this life. So very grateful and thankful to you. Our guest in the breakout room, Shannon our live on Andy's personal development. That's it for our show, our episode at this time. We thank you so much. We had three guests on and we have two likes. So I guess they appreciate and like the information and your personality as you share Shannon. So thank you so much for that. Until next time, this is Andy and this personal development together with Shannon Lee here. He would say Howard Sun saying so long, God speak, and shalom. Until next time, take care now. Be safe out there. Bye for now.